Welcome to the Piedmont Podcast, a podcast designed to learn from the top advisors in our firm. We hope to motivate, inspire, and learn from people who are digging the hole just like you. Through sharing stories, case designs, trying to be as real and honest to help take your practice to the next level. So welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Joe Shrek. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, and we'll kick it off here. Yeah, so uh, so I've got four kids. I've got uh, two, four, nine, and 12-year-old. I've uh, been married to Audrey coming up 18 years in December, so it's uh, it's pretty pretty Manila. We're, we're your typical Southern family that's uh, pretty nuclear. So, um, you know, met her in, in college when I was down in Montgomery, and, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going to go into business at some point, but had no desire to study business. So I actually got through college without taking a single business class. Uh, I was a history major and kind of just study what you enjoy. Um, but at the same time, down the road, when I got into the financial services side, I really kind of got in pre-2007 markets, got into mortgages, got in. I mean, obviously, I was in the subprime markets like a lot of these other bankers were. Um, left that, went into private banking. But after two layoffs, uh, kind of jumped three different banks pretty quick, got to be the basically the head of um, consumer sales process for Regents Banks. I had, there were, you know, 26 states. Uh, they're just their sales process, train the trainers, work with branch managers and all that. Got laid off because of the recession, moved to Colonial Bank, managed 46 banks in North Alabama. Got laid off because the bank failed. At that point, I knew I was really good at numbers, good at finance, good at, you know, just the process and wanted to kind of go in and do it myself. So at that point, I uh, walked into another broker dealer and said, hey, I want to work here. They kind of laughed at me. Uh, and then I became one of the top advisors there for, for quite a while, um, almost 10 years. And Started kind of dancing with Bill in about 2015. I uh, finally made the move to Piedmont in 2017 um, with the ultimate vision to not be put in a box, be able to offer everything. And everything at that point, we had a, a, a pretty large vision. It was just me and my mom. That was it. We left 749 clients on the table, started with zero. Um, we're almost five years in now. We have over a thousand clients. Um, haven't made a single cold call, which is pretty cool. Um, but making that move allowed us to offer three facets of planning that we've morphed into over the last two years, really kind of made this, this whole vision come true where I handle more advanced planning, insurance, you know, tax. Tyler Camp does more of the investments, financial planning, uh, very, um, very detailed you know, investment planning. And then David Arnold handles all the home and auto property liability, general liability, workers' comp, you name it. Alexander Tallene does pair planning for Tyler, but also like massive work, you know, group benefits and all that. So it allows us to have every single resource available to any business owner under one roof. No one else does that. No one else does that now, at the level that we do it without charging egregious fees, quite frankly. So we go in, we utilize e-money for every every plan. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, a bank teller or a single mom to a multi-million dollar business owner, everyone's gonna get any money. But in turn, 
we back into all the mathematics and we're like math cells. There's no cells here at all. We just, we build it, we create it. We utilize our specialties where I've got very, very detailed special, you know, learning in insurance. Tyler does in investments. I mean, he paid for his college by day trading. Uh, David has, uh, you know, an accounting background in college and now, you know, he's like a little Doogie Hauser for PNC. So, and then he's got a, a company that we back with that's been in business as an independent for 67 years. So we have underwriting relationships that are generational. Um, so we can get into markets that other, even independent guys can't get into. So it allows us to come in, lay it all out, build a plan. It's non-threatening. The clients aren't having to pay for it. And we can service every single capacity that a business owner wants to have taken care of. Um, and that was my ultimate vision to leave. And I just couldn't do that in my previous place. So now that we're here, you know, the chains are off. And, you know, we have about six ways a Sunday to get into a case where a lot yeah. of people insurance or investment case. And that's it. Yeah. Hey, so take me, take me back. When you left the bank, I'm guessing you had a, a decent salary. You had a couple kids. You're obviously married. How'd that conversation go with Audrey when you're like, hey, I'm leaving this. I'm going to start this. You know, walk me through that. I've been, when I got laid off at Regions, I couldn't, I didn't know I could get unemployment. So I was out for three months. Then I landed the job and three months later, the bank capitulated. Uh, ironically, the guy that ran the bank in the ground is now the, the treasurer for the state of Alabama. So that's, that's kind of scary. Um, but, you know, I didn't have a choice. It was either go find another bank or go figure out how to do it myself. And we didn't have kids yet, but we have one on the way. So the day, the month that my daughter, who's 12 now, was born was the, the month that I got into the, the business. Okay. So I went to work with a goal to never leave after 4.30. I would be there to pick her up from daycare every single day because my wife was still working, and I never broke that promise. Um, and this, this career allows me to do everything I want to do with my kids, uh, not miss a single appointment game, whatever it is, and still have the capacity and the ability to service my clients at a really high level. So when I made the transition, it was pretty scary, honestly. I mean, obviously, but I did the activity and I focused on what I had to do and I didn't track my cases. I tracked my activity. And in turn, in the first year I wrote, you know, made $106,000. It's not a lot, um, but for a first year brand new person, it's great. All I wrote was life insurance. I didn't know how to write disability long-term care, investments, anything. I literally wrote life insurance, um, but ended up writing about 150 lives. Uh, so there were little policies, but, you know, you write a lot to stack up, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. So that, that was, uh, that's kind of how it, how it started, but it was one of those where let's do it and figure it out and we're not going to fail because I'm just, I'm not going to fail it, whatever I do. Yeah, kind of a, a recruiter's dream that you just walk into an office and, and raise your hand, say you want to do it, and then uh, crush it with over $100,000 of, of commission in your first year. So that's good. Um, so like, why, why financial services? So you were in the bank, obviously, you're kind of in the same world, but what gave you the motivation to get into this, this side of the business? Was there like a, a, a mentor that you had or how'd that, how'd that come about? I'm good at numbers. I knew I could do it. And um, I'm really introverted. So that was the only thing that I was kind of worried about. So, you know, you ever see me at an event with Piedmont or anywhere else, I'm not going to be a person talking to anybody. Um, 
So, you know, everybody probably thinks I'm a, you know, rear end for that, but it's just my personality. But I figured out how to use that to my advantage uh, in small settings. And, um, you know, I didn't have a mentor or anything. I had a, a drive to pay for a house I bought six months ago and a daughter that was on the way. So, you know, I knew what I was working for. I knew my why. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's important. Um, all right. So the different stages in business, you obviously know, you know, you've been in the industry long enough to see, you know, when you first start off, you're kind of hustling, working real hard. And then, you know, you start to get referrals and the business gets a little bit easier. You know, how did that transition work for you? And then, you know, as you're where you're sitting today, where do you see the future of your practice more so from a, a prospecting standpoint? So how did it start? How did kind of, you know, you made the transition in 2017 and then where do you see it going from here? Started with, I had six COIs, nerve influences, that I would meet with every two months. So each one I'd hit twice a year. So I had a two-month rotation on six different centers of influence. My only goal with them was to get referrals. And at that point, I slowly built my referral network. And I, I chose an attorney, a CPA, a banker, a mortgage officer. Who else did I have? Some little small business owner, I think he had a painting company. And then another guy that was, um, I can't remember what he was, another little business owner. But I specifically chose people in different industries to try to build up that network. Uh, so I kind of, I guess, created your own B&I group. I just, I refused to pay for something like that. Um, and I treated them to lunch, you know, each time. And I would get five or six referrals. At that point, I would call them to say, hey, so-and-so told me to reach out to you. They thought we should connect. I love an opportunity. And I'd leave it at that. You know, where are you selling? Well, I'm hoping you're going to buy something, but right now I'm not selling anything. You know, that was kind of the answer. And it was really a little snide, but at the same time, they didn't know that I was brand new in the business and these people were well-respected in the community. So it didn't make me look like a brand new person coming into the business. Um, that's the key. If you present yourself as a, as a novice, they're going to look at you as a novice and they're going to buy from you. But then if you look at yourself as a novice, you have a meeting and you bring someone in on the back end, they're still not going to buy from you because they think that you're bringing a closer. in. Uh, so you have to start, if you're going to start the process with help, the joint work side, do it from the beginning, not enter something. Don't go meet with a client and then bring someone in. Um, you'll immediately lose the case every time. It doesn't matter. So, but that's what I did. I did center of influence meetings. It's gotten to the point now, honestly, where um, we probably, and, and Tyler and David can back this up, but we probably get five to six unsolicited referrals a week. Now, we have so many people to call that that's all Amy Tucker does with us is reach out to people to call. Uh, and they're primarily all business owners. They're hearing from, you know, X, Y, Z about our services. They want everything in one conclusive place. They're, they're tired of dealing with their workers' comp guy, their PNC guy, their alpha guy, or their, you know, wire broker, or whoever. They're tired of dealing with four or five different people. And they can literally walk in the door, sit on the couch, meet everybody that handles everything under one roof. Um, and they absolutely love it. And word travels. You know, it travels pretty quickly. So it went from a who do you know center of influence and it's morphed into, you know, we get an email or a phone call or, you know, a text or whatever wanting us to reach out to someone because they're expecting a call. Yeah. I literally just got a, an unsolicited referral from a guy who does a bunch of real estate and he is, uh, so read that in text right there. At 8.58 this morning. He's a lawyer in New York, needs financial planning. So, you know, 
pretty cool. I mean, we get we get these, we literally get these all the time. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't stop. You know, I've got I got two last night. So you know, when we reach out to them in turn, you know, the the whole ten three one rule. You you know, you hold ten, you get ten referrals. Three are going to meet with you. One becomes a client over the next two to three years. For us, it's like a, a, a 10 9 9, honestly. Um, and the, the reason it's a 9, not a 10, is because they get declined for underwriting. But now that we have PNC side and investment planning side, they're not getting declined. They're coming on as a client in some capacity, one way or another. We'll build up assets and we'll, we'll protect them through different annuity products. You know, if they can't get life insurance. So there's so many ways. There's, there's six ways a Sunday for us to build a house, you know, for the client. So nobody can't use what we can do. And then on the same, token everybody that we go up against whether it's you know another ria is competition which we see more of that than other broker dealers but nobody can beat us because we can discount the investment fee we can go in and you know do different types of modeling on the insurance side we can build a full you know comprehensive plan on the life insurance side so you know most advisors don't understand split dollar. They don't understand, you know, different types of, of buy, sell, key man contracts and what to do. So we're bringing us uh, just a, a next level of advisory and planning that these business owners haven't had before. And we're taking the time with them. You know, we're running biz equities. We're running, you know, if we will do the Chibet program for over a million for three years. So they're getting these free models showing, hey, I've worked this, we need this, we need to protect this. How, they can't say no to that. So we literally don't have any competition, which is nice. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I want to get to sales process in a second, but you, you know, you mentioned a couple of things in, in that, you know, 1031 always been the Al Granum way. And, and especially in the financial services business, more so I think in the insurance world, it's been 1031. You said 1099. So, you know, obviously I, I probably know the answer from this and it's probably more the planning route, but why do you think, you know, your closing ratio your ratios are so much better than than the industry the industry average is like 30 percent, right in terms of closing ratios yours is damn near 100 right so so where do you see why do you see that the case for you guys we utilize an in-depth e-money plan for every single case we don't do a fact finder on paper in fact the thing that we actually forget the most is getting the, the facts like the name social date of birth driver's license Tyler absolutely refuses to, uh, to do that. It's, it's not, it's kind of, it's not zooming in anymore. Um, Tyler refuses to get it. So we end up having to call. David gets pissed off because he can't run, you know, quotes, you know, whatever it is. But we'll get the fully money. When you have that type of information and you legitimately break the budget down, you're going to get the case. Because no one, no one, even including, you know, 90% of Piedmont, they don't take the time to understand what percentage they're paying on their automobile and when that payoff is, and then what it looks like with inflation and what it you know offsets with distributions and tax or whatever it is. And then who's gonna stress test it? You know, if you're taking paper models, who's gonna run probability analysis models? Who's gonna do, you know, everything from a review standpoint that these clients have never had done before. So everyone leaves and says, man, I've never had this, you know, what do we owe you? You know, and, and I know we're big on, planning fees and all that we're not charging a fee and that's fine and, and i don't i don't you know promote it or not promote it either way it's to each his own but on, on our model 
we can compete and beat all these fiduciary RIAs by having a free way to come in. And then at that point, we're going to find a door, whether it's PNC investments, 401k, group benefits, whatever it is. So, you know, it's our secret sauce, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can go for the client, depending on what they're, what they need. You have the, hopefully have the, the answer for them or the solution. So that's, that's huge. And I, and I, I want to hit on that point because I think, you know, you're right. I think that there's a lot of opportunity within our firm, I think within the industry that I think most people are missing out on. So I think that's, that's good for you to share. Hey, can you walk me through, you know, I think, you know, we talk a lot about sales process, especially with new advisors and even some of the experienced advisors going through this teaming process, figuring out, you know, how do you scale it, right? How do you take everybody through the same experience from a, from a client perspective so that the outcome is, is the same? So what have you guys found in terms of your sales process that's been working? And, you know, are there any tweaks or adjustments that you guys are thinking about making in the future? No, not really. I mean, I'm telling you, Joe, every, whether it's a large to a small case, everyone's getting a budget breakdown. Yeah. Everyone's models around the life insurance analytics, the retirement distributions, whatever it is. So the entire process doesn't change depending on who the client is. The only thing that we might add into it is, you know, business evaluation, if they're, you know, doing well, looking to sell, utilize equity in the business, whatever it is. So from a process standpoint, there's no change in the process. It's a, uh, an initial, we, we do have, so the first meeting is always an initial meeting. Uh, David is a lot like I am where he's a, can see right through people, don't want to deal with, you know, the BS. He's our screener. Tyler's a friend of everybody's. Uh, so, you know, we got to be careful with Tyler. He's our charity case guy. So <laughs> David immediately does 30 minute, inter, you know, basically intro meetings, who we are, what we do. Are you interested? Are you in? Are you out? At that point, if they get through David and they land on our calendar as an EM, not an IM, then we know we've got two hours set aside. David's already vetted them and we're ready to roll. Um, how did the IM go this morning? Good. We're going to leave there you go. So you have one this morning. I, I don't even know how they go, honestly. Like that's David's job. David's the BS guy. Uh, so, but in turn, when we have the the e-money schedule, at that point, they've already been vetted. They know what we do. We have a punch list uh, that we send to all clients. It's very detailed. Um, we have a financial services page that we use. It's on our website. that lists everything that we do. Um, so we'll direct them to the website. In turn, they're going to see before the first meeting, hey, here's everything that we do. Oh, by the way, man, you know, we're in top advisors. We're in top financial advisors. We're in best of, these are best of Vestavia. We had an advisor's magazine article written about us. We support all these different organizations. We're in here. We had a NASCAR. We had an IndyCar. You know, we have a hockey team that we're their, their primary sponsor on. So, People are going to look at it and be like, wow, that's pretty cool. They're involved. They do this. They do that. You know, hopefully by next year, we'll be in the Forbes top 250. Uh, you know, we did that interview uh, last week. Uh, I think we pretty much nailed it. So it's really cool that they can go in and see everything that we do, and we don't have to tell them about our accolades. Um, then they come in the office. We have a whole front wall that you come in and you see, you know, a car hood with the name on it. You see a dashboard for hockey that's at the bottom. You see, you know, all these different awards and recognition, bass fishing jerseys with our names on them, you know, of everything that we've done and sponsored. We go and frame it on the wall and everybody, everyone sees it and they just kind of stop and look at everything. So it's, it's just a, from a phone to a meeting to a client experience, everything we want to have is top notch. 
Um, then you come into my office, for those of you who've been, been in here, there, there's a 319-inch class elk on the wall. There's, you know, World War II stuff that's, you know, original. There's B-17, you know, tail signs down here. You got, you know, Bloody Hundred sign. And it's basically like a museum that people come in and they just absolutely love it. You know, there's nothing in here with charts or, you know, Wall Street pictures and all this other stuff that you see in every other advisor's office. It's more of just, a, it's almost like a study, you know, and, and people like that. I mean, I have a freaking skate sharpener, you know, Tyler thought I was an idiot, but we've ended up getting eight clients in because the ring doesn't sharpen skates well. So they take them to the office, hang out with us. It gives me 10 minutes to do a detailed approach with the client that I want to go meet with. By the way, everybody at the hockey ring has capacity. I mean, these, these guys have money. They're all from the north, and there's only one spot they can come skate around here, and it's in, at the rink. We own the rink. Everyone knows who we are. And now they come to the office. They see the dasher. They see all the stuff in the, on the office. We're sharpening their skates, hanging out with them. I've literally gotten eight clients out of that. So I paid nine, 900 bucks for the skate sharpener. We probably made about 22000 in revenue from it. So I'll call that a win all day. You know, it's goofy as hell, but, I mean, how many other advisors have a freaking skate sharpener in their office? You know, but it's again, it, it's a captive market that we're going after. And all these guys that skate that own teams, whether it's in a beer league or a men's league, they're all business owners. They all have capacity. They're all from the north that are in the south transplant. So we got rollovers, we got property, we got business, we got general liability, we have workers' comp, we got everything. You know, walking in the door, you know, just to get a five eighth blade or one half blade or whatever it is. So yeah little unique things the way that we market it's going to be totally different than everybody else yeah and I, I would definitely agree with that i think uh anyone that follows you guys knows you put your logo on everything and i i could probably use a skate sharpening so i might come busy and get it and get a sharpening so walk me back through so the, the marketing piece is huge i guess you know cassidy's obviously our, our marketing specialist here at the firm but what we found is obviously the be the best advisors in the industry are, they're good at financial planning. They're, obviously, your process and, and what you take your clients through is very good. But you guys are, are great marketers, right? So, like, when did that light bulb flip for you? And, and when, you know, what made you start putting your logo on, you know, IndyCars, NASCARs, everything under the sun? As soon as I left my previous broker-dealer that would not let me advertise myself, I immediately did it. So, I came out, we created a brand. We have Brand Shield, which is, uh, like, represents the line of Jita. And then we have the name. Uh, we kept it really clean, really professional. But we immediately, I put a billboard in the Finley Center, which is where they, uh, the Hoover met. So they hold the SEC baseball tournament. Well, I put it at a perfect spot when they hang the SEC Fan Fest. I'm right beside it. So it literally looks like I'm sponsoring the Fan Fest. So that was the first big kick. And then, you know, we got into the local, you know, schools. Um, we got on NPR, did a spot. I got on WJOX with Paul Feinbaum, did a spot. Um, and just slowly got it out because I had a year, I can't call anybody for a year, but people knew who my name was. So we immediately kind of started hitting that subliminal branding as much as we could. And, you know, really now it's been so successful. Like we won't do another IndyCar. We won't do another race car Talladega. Um, I guess we could do a Red Bull plane maybe one day. Hell, I don't know. Um, something fun like that, but you know, we make a lot of money. Our, our return on investment in hockey, we put about 15 grand a year into the Bulls hockey team. Uh, we had a call in, and that case has netted us, what, 70,000 revenue? Probably more than that. Um, 
So, you know, that's paid for itself. And we go to the rink, everyone knows who we are. We go to the Finley Center, the kids playing travel volleyball, tennis, soccer. We're on the, we're on the fields out there. So all these affluent over-the-mountain families are seeing our brand. So by the time that we call, they've seen us. They know who we are. So the goodwill of the brand is, is out there now. People know, they recognize the Lion Shield. Uh, they recognize the name. So it allows us, we thought we would kind of pull that off, honestly, but it's been so popular that the more they see it, the more traction we're getting in the community. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that was my next question is, is, you know, going into that, did you have the expectation, you know, did you have the expectations that you get business from that? And, and did you think it'd be as much as it, it's been? I had the expectations we would get the business from it because I'm the one that kind of manages the, uh, the Facebook post. I mean, honestly, everyone kind of laughs at Facebook and you're not on Instagram, but uh, whatever. I, I know Facebook, I'm good at it. Uh, I probably make a half million dollars a year on Facebook, literally. Uh, we're always tagging, posting. I can tag everybody on it, meets everyone that they know. As soon as we have a prospect, I add them as a friend so they can immediately start digging in, you know, and seeing who we are, what we're about. You know, if, if we if we don't align in values, that's okay. If they don't want to work with us, you know, I don't I don't really care, honestly. I mean, I do care, but I don't. I really don't. Um, because you just don't want to have to deal with some people. Uh, you know, you fire your own clients sometimes. And we fired two, and that's it. Um, but, you know, if you can let the... Again, this is probably an introverted side, but if you let the people that you're trying to meet with look at who you are through a lens that you've created for them, and it's all real, it's not, you know, rainbows and unicorns. If you if you look at, you know, follow me in any capacity, but people see who we are as a person. I think that goes a long way. They're going to know that, you know, we're outdoors, we do sports, you know, we're, we're heavy into going to church, we are heavy into missions, we just create a scholarship fund for university. We, you know, support six kids in Uganda. Like we, we do a lot to try to give back. You know, the more money that we make, the more revenue we make, the more these guys make, the more staff makes, the more everybody makes. Uh, my job is not to go in and make as much money for myself. We're going to profit share to the to the last day, so everybody here is happy. Um, and people see that, and it's genuine. So when they look at our marketing, they're going to see that we're givers, and that we're here to serve people. We're not here to you know, find the best, lightest, best, greatest, our product's better than this, this company sucks, you know, whatever it is, you know, we can, we can let our actions, you know, speak for all of that. Uh, but it, it really, it transpires through your personal, but if people can see different lenses, I think it goes to that as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think you guys are doing a great job with the marketing piece and, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get to know you get, what's that? I missed that. Working on salary. You know, but these guys refuse to, you know, pay me like a, a base salary. For marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, what, what I was saying is, uh, you know, just through your marketing, it's, it's easy to get to know you guys and all the things that you said, you're, you're spot on. So that, that's cool. All right. Shifting to a, a couple quick pieces before we wrap up here. So this year, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a breakout year. I think you guys have, have been breaking out for the last few years, but um, I think you guys wrote one of the biggest cases that that we've seen this year. Um, I think it was in the summer or August-ish, but kind of walk me through um, that case. I don't think you have to use the client's name, but give us a, a little bit of background of the client and, and what problems that they were having and, and kind of how you came to that solution. 
Yeah, so uh, these guys are, it's a family business owned by two brothers, generation, I think third generation, third generation. Um, and then kids are kind of in the loop, kind of get into it as well. You know, they weren't having any problems at all. Um, they were they were content and fine where they were. And I originally met, we called on them because they had popped up through a lead source and we reached out mainly to supplement health insurance. That was it, just do some secondary, you know, health insurance because the owner had, you know, a little bit of an asthma issue. She didn't want to have to deal with Blue Cross. Da, 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 da. Well, that never, we still haven't sold them any health insurance, even though they still want to do it, right? So that was, you know, two and a half years ago. Um, but at the same time, they knew that we did X, Y, Z planning, you name it, right? And the funny part is, and, and Tyler always gets on my butt about this. He's like, man, you're all, you're putting this on Facebook. Though. She literally said to me, with him beside me, which is so satisfying. I looked through your Facebook and we align in so many values. We align in so many values and, you know, let's start, let's start and just kind of knock it out piece by piece. It's like, perfect. So bringing old David, where are you, David? Right here, bringing David. And um, next thing you know, we're looking at, we're unboxing all their commercial insurance, their general liability, stuff that they have to have. Well, by the time we're done, we find out that, you know, they're not, what the class is wrong a little bit in some areas. They're not covered. Like if a tornado came and knocked out a couple of their warehouses, they're not covered at all. And they have a lot of merchandise, a lot of retail. Um, so we we went in, David basically created a, a huge chart of here's what you have. This is where you're going to be. If you just decide to work with us, was there a premium difference, David? Major increase. Major increase in premium. What was the premium? Yes, they're paying eight grand a year. Now they're doing $140,000 a year just in commercial insurance premium, right? So, but in the event there's an issue, they are good. One day, every day I went in, I would go in with David, even though I don't know anything about PNC insurance at all. Um, I might as well just keep my mouth shut. And then that's kind of what I do every once in a while, I'll throw out like a garage keeper because it's fun to say. Um, but I went in with David. Uh, she had mentioned something about the insurance, I was like, well, how, how are the key man contracts set up? So now I'm in the door, right? We've written the commercial, it's settled, the dust is settled, we're in the door, David's servicing, he's looking at, you know, a new building or something that they had done, I went with them. I started kind of just picking away a little bit. She showed me the spreadsheet she had printed out, I saw American General, you know, some other company, some other company, you know, all the way down and all the way down. I looked at the premiums, it's about, 230,000 a year like well you know depending on these types of cases and they were a lot of them were ul contracts that were older they were going to implode on them in about 20 years so option b increasing you name it i said let me review that you know and she said okay you know she's fine with that again we're, we're past this they trust us type standpoint um and we went in and reviewed it at that point, we realized that there's a lot more to it. So we took, we put a pause on it because we could have immediately sold. I could immediately sold like 230,000 premium, just like that. Just rewrote what they had. But we said, no, let's wait. Let's do a full business evaluation. We got them all in. Um, we used the CHIBAP process with uh, the home office, with society. And at that point, we realized where the revenue was. We, you know, obviously we have a very clear understanding on taxes, tax code, estate tax, sunsets, you name it. 
uh, long-term capital gains. You know, you call the list. We have extensive knowledge on that between myself and with Tyler. And we sat them down and said, hey, you know, we really need to hit personal planning, personal planning, business planning. So now we've opened three cases, two estate cases, one business case, and probably over a span of what, three meetings? Three meetings. Um, we finally had our last meeting. And at that meeting, I created a narrative of exactly what we're doing. I did a two-page narrative of the, the what, the why, the how, what makes it different, a paragraph on each of the policies and why we're recommending it. Um, so we built in estate planning. We built in personal planning. And then we built in estate, personal, and then we built in the business planning. One of the owners is 67. The other is 59 or 55. 55. Um, the 67-year-old, it really didn't make a lot of sense to sell like a limited pay whole life, but he had assets, right? So we pulled 700000 uh, from his qualified plan, dumped it inside of Jackson VA, secured the death benefit with a roll-up. That's going to cover his estate planning almost like a second of that would to stand alongside her limited pay, right? A uh, little term in place, not because they need it, but it's just something that can go direct to them, bypass probate, you know, pay out. So we got all the planning done for both of them. And then the business structure came in and, you know, we got in and looked at where the key man opportunity is, where to buy sell. That was the keys to buy sell. They really needed, um, what did they need, 12 each? 12 million each, they landed with six. They said, you know, we don't need more than six. We're, we're fine. Um, I mean, they're sitting on a few million dollars in cash today, you know, in their bank account. Um, so they landed on six. So then I created with JC Adams Health a limited pay contract with dividend reduction of premium. Whereas basically in about nine years, that policy is just about paid for. Um, it starts out really high and it goes down, it regresses every year, but we're still taking additions, put into cash. So they're still going to have a cash bucket and an increasing death benefit to cover state costs, uh, down the road in the event there's an estate issue. So we have dividend reducing plans, cash value growth and estate growth at the same time. Um, and we presented it and it took probably what, five hours, about five hours because we did it all at once. We said, you know, here's your personal plan, here's your personal plan, here's your business plan. And everybody sat and listened to everything because everybody's business is everybody's business in that family. And they uh, they said, well, why don't you go have a, can we talk about it for a minute? I'm like, sure, you know, and we walked down the hallway and the older brother came back and he's the one that has no personality. The other guy came in, he came in with baked cookies and six cigars. Uh, and the joke about that is he told the underwriter that he did 25 cigars a year. So he got a tobacco rating. <laughs> Uh, 24 so he came in and gave us six really nice cuban cigars we're sitting right here by my by my you know decanter and um a big old plate of cookies i mean we felt good about it anyway but then probably two minutes later three minutes later um the older brother came back and he said y'all come on in and we're walking out he's like yeah that's the fastest no you've ever gotten it and i was like come on man and uh, he said we're doing it all like, all right perfect um so that's how easy the case wasn't difficult. It's was actually pretty easy. I just created a narrative and walked them through every freaking facet of that case. And then we're just cash flowing it every single year. I honestly, 
everyone keeps asking me premium finance. I don't even know how to do a premium financing case. I'd love to know because I bet you we could sell a truckload of insurance that way. But I literally have no idea how to do it. And I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, so I need like a premium financing course. Um, and but whatever. So, but they um, they're just they're gonna they're gonna run it through. They're gonna K one bonus it. Uh, we offer them a split dollar option. Um, a lot of these other big cases since then, subsequently, we've sold another. We sold another about two hundred fifty thousand of premium because uh, that closed in what August September. From September to now, we've already closed another two two hundred fifty thousand of premium. All of those have been split dollar plans. Those are beautiful because Mass has a no load additions contract that will pay back the premiums due with a you know slight interest rate at death. And they can tax deduct it all. They don't have to increase W-2 wages. They save 7.5% on the payroll tax. And we can come to a number based off the death benefit, not based off the W-2 earnings where you have to with a SEP. So split dollars are huge haymakers. You know, if you know how to sell them, you understand how it works. Um, but we offered them split dollar. They didn't really care. They, they just wanted K-1 distributed out. That's how their, their business is set up. So, uh, but now the fun part is we are about to pull over all of their uh, profit sharing plan for 401k, which is another, I think it's what, three and a half, three, about three million. So it's not big, but there are three million in assets we're going to get. And we get 75%, you know, 75 basis points up front, um, you know, through the grid. So if you're not selling 401ks, get on the bandwagon, man. I mean, there's, there's more assets and more, more bump there. So, you know, and we still haven't gotten paid on the $700,000 annuity with Jackson because they're finally releasing the funds from this 401k. So we got another Thirty thousand dollars is going to pay out. Still coming on the case, uh, you know. So it's fun. This is fun stuff, and yeah. it's not. It's very easy. Uh, you just need to know what the hell you're doing uh, and deliver it with a lot of confidence. And you can't have confidence if you don't know what you're doing. So that, that that's awesome. Um, so noted on the premium financing thing. So maybe we'll get Tyler involved in that. But uh, so give us what was the what was the final premium and and what did it net to you guys? was all together with all the contracts was $698,000. Um, you know, we're at a 48% AAA. So you take that with attached office. And I think we probably made $700,000 on it, um, give or take. And then, you know, that's not including the Jackson VA that's coming. That's not including the 401k that's still coming. It's not including any of David's 140000 of premium that he gets every single year. Um, personal investments also that we have. Uh, all the personal lines. Um, Elle, she she sent us a referral, and we just wrote twenty or twenty two thousand. They're getting underwritten this week. Uh, another twenty two thousand premium from the guy that does renovations on her house. You know, uh, so you know, it's just do the right thing for clients, man. But that they're going to net us probably total about nine hundred thousand revenue. So that's awesome. Yeah, and the fun part is they referred us to. A counterpart of theirs that's in Mississippi, and his business is four times as large. We just signed an NDA, and we're about to do all his planning. So we're looking at potentially an even larger case, you know, with the same exact model as we just did with these guys. That's awesome, guys. Yeah, congrats on that. That's that's really cool. We'll we'll, we'll wrap it up with uh, with a couple, I guess, tidbits that you'd leave with. You know, new advisors, so new new guys coming into the business, new guys watching this video. You know, in their first few years, you know, what do you, what advice do you have for those guys? It's a long game. You're not going to make a lot of money up front. You're going to work a lot of hours and not make a lot of money. Period. Uh, 
you'll get to the point where you can work 30, 40 hours a week and make a whole lot of money. And then you'll get to the point where you work 20 hours a week and make even more money. Uh, but it's a long game. It's a stressful game. And you got to more importantly, if you don't know what you're doing, like get help. You're going to make more money doing joint work than you're going to make trying to do it yourself, period. And that's always the, the oxymoron. I can make more money if I don't bring someone in. No, you can't. You know what the hell you're doing. And you might sell $1,000, but I could find $10,000. Um, and honestly, this is not a promotion for our joint work because we're holding 30, over 30 meetings a week right now, whether it's through Zoom or, or here. I mean, we're in 38 states. Um, but, you know, if you have a good case and it's complicated and you're a business owner, call us, man. I mean, I'd love to make you $20,000, $30,000. I would absolutely love to do that. I think it's cool. You know, it's fun to make money. Money's not the end-all, be-all, but it sure does help you breathe a little bit better sometimes. Um, but secondly, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, get the joint work. If you do know what you're doing, do the activity, whether you do or don't do the activity, do what you need to do to make it happen. You know, the, the general rule to grant, go back to Graham, the general rule is you set 25 appointments a week ahead. You're going to keep 15, you know, we set 30, we keep about 25, 26, um, and they're going to reschedule, but that's okay. As long as you confirm the meeting the day before you've got plenty enough time to schedule another meeting for the next day and move the reschedule meeting to a different day. So we always confirm before 9 a.m. We always do our activity. If I was still making the phone calls, I would make a minimum, a minimum number of calls to set at least two new appointments a day. Two new a day. Five referrals, two new a day. That was always my rule. Um, if you follow the point system through Graham, which is what I know, you have to have 100 points to be successful. My goal is always to make 200 points uh, balanced. So, you know, if I had a five closes I could set for this week, I would not set them all this week. I would set two this week, three the next week. Okay. Because that takes the roller coaster off. Now we've plateaued across with open cases, closed cases, you know, prospecting cases, whatever it is, and it makes your life a lot less emotional. Um, and then, you know, last, people will, act or react harshly sometimes, but it's not you. It's the circumstance that they're in. And later, if they do become a client, they'll apologize for it. It's happened to me numerous times. But you cannot think for the client. You can't. Personally, when I would do my fact finders, when I did it myself and it was on paper, the first thing I would ask was name, date of birth, social, driver's license, address, phone numbers, emails. If they gave me all that, I knew they were in. Um, Tyler still has a phobia for asking for stupid social security numbers. <laughs> drives me absolutely crazy. So I make him do them during the meetings because we're in every meeting together. Uh, we don't split. You know, a lot of people think that we have three or four people selling. We have one person selling in this office. It's all three of us rolls up, and we're the only ones working. So we don't have all these multiple meetings going on. You know, we've written almost 200 lives. That's busting our butt lives. That's not, you know, Tyler wrote 50. Tyler barely hit his minimums. His job is to get the minimums. Um, but our goal is to come in conclusively. Everyone bring value to the table, and it's a one-person show. But, you know, if you've got the ability to create the meetings, they're going to keep. If you can spread them out, it's going to get your emotion spread out. You're not going to be, you know, just a, a wreck. And then cash is king. Honestly, when you make the money, don't go spend it save it, you know, obviously save for taxes, but save it, you know, and, and build it up. And, and you're going to be a lot more comfortable if you've got, you know, a little bit of capital and you're fine 
to see someone fall off that you might have made five thousand dollars on. Some people just aren't work, worth working with. So that'd be my advice. No, that's huge. That's there's some really good points in there. I hope, I hope people take that away. Last thing, let's talk experience advisors. What what kind of advice do you have for them? Get a plan on everybody that you meet with. Whether you charge a fee for it or not, I don't care. But you know, there's a lot of different planning softwares out there. We've looked at all of them. Tyler's been in eMoney for over a decade now. eMoney is the way to go because it's not sales-based. It's all mathematics-based. Uh, you know, Mass Mutual has a deal where it's 100 bucks a month for us to subtract with that. That's a, that's a steal. Um, and then we can share client websites. But if you do a legitimate eMoney, not just plug the data in and try to go run an insurance analysis, but if you do a legitimate eMoney and you do a legitimate Biz Equity or Achieve App program, you're going to be able to go in and create cases and stress test cases in front of clients real time and sell more, sell more business all day. Uh, and you've got to offer all the services. If you don't have PNC, throw it our way. We'll write it and then we'll find ways to make sure that you get taken care of if you're not PNC licensed. You know, we'll find different splits on cases. You know, whatever. we'll give you a larger case on the life because we know we're getting a feed and see feed, whatever it is. But like, if you can offer everything to a client, they're not going to, they're not going to go somewhere else. As soon as they get to another office that offers something else, they're going to have an overlap. And they're going to be in their ear the whole time. You're not going to have a, a good brand, a good loyal client or anything. So that'd be my, my get a plan. So many experienced cases or experienced advisors come in and they, they feel like they know it all. And that's fine. They might, they probably know more than I do. Um, just look at me as a you know, dumb hucklebuck that lives in the South. But at the same time, if you don't have a plan and you do know it all, you're just going to sell, 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 sell. You're not going to go back and see these clients every six months. They're not going to call you on a Sunday night saying, hey, I'm thinking about buying this house. What do you think? And I said, my LLC up and passive income through it, whatever. You know, you're going to, it's just, good. it's a whole different level of the relationship there. So you got to. That's good, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys uh, taking some time and, and chatting with us. Um, I got a couple takeaways, so I appreciate that. Hopefully everybody else does, but. Josh, Tyler, David, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, hope, hopefully see you guys soon.